You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Well, let's get our Bibles out this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as we uh, dive into a new series, We the Church. And today's message is entitled, uh, Getting to Glory getting to glory. And we'll get to that in just a moment. It's great to have the kids in with us today. And therefore, the message is not designed to be as long as normal. We'll see how that works out, but it's not designed to be that way. Um, This time of the year is always very exciting for me. We launch a new ministry year. And uh, if you were in our staff meetings and around the office the last few weeks, you hear lots of stories about where the needs still are. and, And there still are some. But every year, God is faithful. Every year, God provides. And the answer to many of those prayers of needs is right in this room. Um, But uh, this week, we were talking about some of the needs we have. And I got a text from uh, one of our families where the husband and wife said, we're ready to step in to be small group leaders, step back into that role, an area that a need had just come come to us that we didn't even know was coming. And that God provided his provision. And uh, then Sue and the women have been uh, praying about leaders for our women's ministry. And we needed a second leader for a Wednesday morning. Didn't have that. We're going to have to cut the numbers back so it would fit. And on Friday, we got a call and God provided a person. And it's just neat for me at this time of the year to see God faithfully work and making his provision in our church. And so we rejoice in that. Uh, We are the church of Jesus Christ serving together to to bring him glory. And uh, so our series um, for the next few weeks, we have an anniversary service in the middle of that, but our series are We the Church. Today we want to talk about the glory of God. Now you understand that the glory of God is a discussion you could start today and have for the rest of your life and then it'll go on for all of eternity. So in uh, 18 minutes, we're going to just scratch the surface of this, but it's the focus that we need to have. And then the next three times as we have uh, the series, we're going to be focusing really on our first pillar, proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. And at first, we're going to talk about the fact that God's word is trustworthy. This book we have can be trusted and we need to trust it. The next thing will be uh, on the focus on that the word of God is really all focusing us towards Jesus Christ. And and then the last thing we're going to take a look at is it's sufficient. It does exactly what we need it to do. And uh, so that's our We the Church series. But we start this week on the glory of God getting to glory. Uh, Maybe you've heard someone say when uh, someone passed away, they've gone home to what? Home to glory, right? Well, that's true. And and I'm not minimizing that. It's actually going to be part of the message at the end. But glory is not a destination, Glory is not a destination, not primarily. Glory is what we give to God. Glory is what God deserves. Um, And so we see it in our text in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31. And so would you stand with me? We want to honor God as we uh, read his word. And I'm going to read down through uh, chapter 11 and verse 1. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. So whether you eat or drink... Or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jew or the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, even as I am of Christ. 
Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we can hold it in our hands. Thank you that we can read it. Thank you that you can take it and you can, you can take it and just put a laser on our hearts as to what we need to do, how we need to respond to hearing your word today. God, would you, uh, as we saw in the bumper, would you give us ears to hear? Would you give us eyes to see? And then, Lord, would you work in our hearts that we would leave from here changed people to bring glory to you, almighty God, especially for the working of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. You can be seated. Well, the purpose statement of our church says we're here to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. And so Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region, the one thing, the one focus, how do we glorify God? How do we do that? And we do that through some things that we do. But then as, as individuals, how do we do that? So in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we've got this amazing verse. But as you know, you can always need to take things and put them in context. Context, context, context. Because you can make the Bible say whatever you want. You just rip a verse out here and rip a verse out there. And so the context of what's going on in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verses before it, you can read them when you get home, 23 and on, is, is about eating food that was offered to idols and sacrifices that were made. And should you do it? And shouldn't you do it? And, and Paul gives some instructions to them. We don't face much of that in our society today. But as he's going through, he kind of goes through and teaches them, gives them instruction. And then he comes to verse 31 and he says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, okay, so the first part, pretty easy for me, whether you eat. Look at me. No shortage of whether I eat or whether you drink. I, I watch Survivor Man. They put him out somewhere. What's the first thing he's looking for? Fresh water. And so whether you eat or whether you drink, those things you've, you've got to have. You just have to have those. And then he says, or whatever you do. So now he blows just beyond the context of what he's been talking about in the text. He says, in whatever you do. See, living for the glory of God is not something we do, we just you know, put our nice clothes on and come to church on Sunday, and, and that's when we live for the glory of God. Or we're going to go in small group, and that's when we live for the glory of God. Or, or we're having our Bible study in the morning before we go to work, and the time in prayer, and that's when we glorify God. Those are, those are all true things, but he says, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, a bringing glory to God is the responsibility of the follower of Jesus Christ 24-7. That's what we need to be going for. Well, is it because God is more glorified if I do that? No. You will not add one iota to God's glory by glorifying him. He gets his glory whether you give it or not. But the reality is we're called to it. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. So today, really just scratching the surface, I really want to answer two questions. The two questions are, here's the first one, why do we glorify God? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Why? Why do we glorify God? Westminster Shorter Catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Uh, John Piper's quote, I like it, says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. So why do we desire to bring glory to him? The word glory means to show something is worthy of praise or exaltation. It is filled with brilliance and beauty and renown. And so our job, our goal is to bring glory to God because of, because of why? Well, in, in Psalm 86, 12, it says, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name 
forever. And so we glorify God in our worship. We glorify God in our focus. And why? Three things. Here's the first one. We glorify God because of who he is. We glorify God because of who he is. In Revelation 4 and verse 11, it says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory, you're worthy of it, and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And so we glorify God because of who he is. You created all things, Revelation 4 says. Uh, Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created. And so we need to stop and look around us and see God's creation and see how amazing and how awesome it is. And we need to glorify God for his, his handiwork and his creation. We glorify God because he's the sustainer. The earth spins on its axis and goes around the sun once a year. And God is the sustainer of all of that. The fact you have another heartbeat says God is the sustainer of life. And we need to glorify him because he's the sustainer. We need to glorify him because he's a God of love, a God who loved us when we most certainly didn't deserve it, a God of truth, a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God who is holy. We glorify God because of who he is. We glorify him because he's omniscient, he knows everything, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, and he's omnipresent, he is everywhere, and he deserves our glory. Going for glory because of who he is. Then we go for glory because of what he has done. What he has done. And I'm just going to focus in on one piece of this, but what he's done in, in our salvation. And we're separated from God in, in our sin and we didn't care. We were dead in our trespasses and he made us alive in Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to glorify him. We're going to come back to that. We show how we glorify him. But God deserves our glory because of what he has done. And then God deserves our glory because he's what he's offered to us. He's offered to us eternal life. And he deserves our glory. And he deserves our glory. Well, that's the why, quickly. We're going to spend the rest of our time talking about the how. How, church, do we glorify God? And whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you're doing, how do you bring glory to God? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And he says, why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We bring glory to God because we get to proclaim the excellencies of what he has done for us, of what he has accomplished for us. Well, how do we do that? Three things. The first way, the first way we glorify God is through our salvation. Through our salvation. Really, Pastor? Do you have a verse for that? You know me better than to throw that out there without having a verse for it, right? Um, Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the... Okay, that was pretty bad. Okay. You're going to do better this time, I know, because now you're ready. For all have sinned and fall short of the... Yeah, the glory of God. Uh, God had this amazing creation. He put it all there, and we, we fell short of it. We missed the mark, and we couldn't fix it. And when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're like, what can I do for God? What can I ever do for How can I ever show God glory? 
That day when you were eight years old or 12 years old or 14 years old or 16 years old, when, when you got down on your knees and you bent your knee and you set aside your pride and you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you gave God the glory for what he did. And so all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we glorify God in our salvation. If you're here today and you've never put your trust in Christ, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. We understand that we can't fix that problem. It's too big a gap. The bar is too high. God's standard is no sin. And there's not one of us that can ever reach that standard. So how is it even possible for us to get to God? Through Jesus Christ. Not through your works, not through your attempts, not through how hard you, you put it all together and you think, I've strived, I've strived, I've strived, I'm going to make it. There's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible stands, and the righteousness of God is the, is the standard. And so there I am, separated from God. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and was the perfect sacrifice for me. He was the atoning sacrifice. He satisfied the wrath of God. And he said, all you have to do is receive this gift that I offer to you. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift that comes from God. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. And when you set aside your pride and get down on your face before God and cry out to him that I'm a sinner, I'm separated from God, I have no hope, but Jesus Christ did all this for me and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved. And God is glorified. God is glorified through your salvation. And then God is glorified through your sanctification. It's how we grow up in Jesus Christ. It's not what saves us, it's how we grow up in him. You've heard me say this before. I'm not yet what I will be. One day I'll be in heaven. It's going to be way different than I am now. I'm not even what I should be. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still being stirred. I'm still being challenged. But I'm sure not what I used to be because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so I'm sanctified, I'm being sanctified, and, and God is glorified in my sanctification. The change that happens in me shows what God is doing and His working in me. In Colossians 3, 17, it says, And whatever you do, it's kind of a parallel verse to what we read in Corinthians. Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, everything, what? In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so we are to be set apart. We are to be sanctified. In Luke chapter 5, 11, it says, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They understood Jesus' call and demand on their life, and, and they left everything to follow him. Same chapter, verse 28, And leaving everything, he arose and he followed him. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to be sanctified, to be growing up in him. Okay, so what does that look like? Let's put some flesh on those bones. And uh, two ways I want us to look at, again, briefly today. is The first way is how we're sanctified by, by looking upward. And we look upward in our worship. We come together, had an amazing time of worship together, singing songs that are focused on the Lord, singing songs that fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And we give glory to God through our worship. 
And worship isn't what you do just when you come to church. It's not what you do just in the morning before you leave and you have some time in the Word of God. Worship isn't just what happens when you're in small group. Worship is our lives. Our whole lives are to be an act of worship to give glory to God for His awesome work in us, His sustaining work in us, the life we have, and then the life we have in Jesus Christ. And so we worship Him. We worship Him. We serve we surrender ourselves, says they left everything and rose and they followed him. Uh, God gave answers to our prayers and people we needed in the church. And who did he do it? He did it. The answers of prayer were people. And so often the answer to the prayer of our church is sitting right in front of us. And so we, we look to serve. Why? So that we'll give the glory to God. We pray often before the services, and, and what we pray, first of all, is for a searching of our own hearts, and that as people come, whether it's out there in um, integration or on the worship team or in production or Harvest Kids or the ministries throughout the week, Lord, help us that it's not about us. Help us that he must increase, I must decrease. Help us that what we do, we do for the glory of God in our service, in our disciplines of the word and prayer and evangelism and our willingness to obey because God's word says these are all these are all things between us and God and they they're vertical they're vertical and our sanctification is to be vertical growing up in Jesus Christ so that God is glorified but our sanctification is also horizontal or outward and it shows itself in so many different ways and you will show the glory of God in your life in many ways that people will see in the horizontal. It might be in the, um, in the way you spend your free time. When you have nothing to do, how does God get the glory in that? You know, when I think of us, Sue and I will go for a walk sometimes out from our behind our house and over into the park and there's a, a wood lot there and, and it's, it's almost like you leave the city. Right, and you got all these trees around you, you got all this creation around you and do you ever just lose sight of what you're really, you just end up going for a walk Instead of going, man, look what the Lord's done. Well, look what he's made for us. Do you look for those opportunities in your life? Do you, um, do you look for those opportunities when you're guiding, figuring out what you're going to do with the time you have tonight, today, this afternoon? How will you thank God? How will you praise him? How will you give glory to God? You do that in your free time. You do that with your family. How does your time with your family, do you ever talk about the Lord in your family? I mean, outside of the, maybe the devotion time you have at the table, I, I trust you're doing that to grow together in the Word. But do you ever, when you're walking with your kids or you're teaching them, do you, do you ever stop and focus them towards, look what God has done for us. Look what He has made for us. Look how He has provided for us. And Do you do it in your family? Do you do it with your friends? Do you glorify God in your work and in your workplace? Lots of people come to the front or in our church, they put a prayer request in and, and they're praying for work, praying for work, praying for work. And God provides a job. And they're like, woohoo, look what the Lord has done. And they give God glory and they're like up here. And then two weeks later, they've met their boss. And it's like, what? What happened? And the glory somehow fell out of that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The God who provided the job is not called play. It's not called pleasure. It's not called fun. It's called work. Nobody said it would be easy. There's going to be toil in it. There was work before the fall in the garden. Adam and Eve worked before sin. And so 
Work is work. It's not always going to be fun. But do you glorify God? And do you glorify and thank God for the fact you have a job? Do you, do you um, realize that because you have that job, you have the freedom to serve and God uses those things? And do you glorify God in your work? Do you glorify God in your paycheck? It comes, it comes right into your bank. And if you were to take a look at your financial statement, go home and open your bank account and look at it and just look at all the things there and go, what on this list glorifies God? And what on this doesn't glorify God? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you gotta eat, you gotta have a house, you gotta have a roof over your head. And whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do you glorify God with your priorities? So we glorify God in our salvation. We glorify him in our sanctification. Then the last one is we glorify him in our glorification. Uh, people will go to heaven one day. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 to 11, it says, so whether we are at home or away, it's going to explain what that means in a second, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's the away part, that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And your glorification, one day, you'll stand at the gates of heaven and you'll be asked, why, God, why should you be allowed into heaven? And you'll say, because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me, because my salvation is in him. And you will enter heaven and God will be glorified. He's glorified in your salvation. He's glorified in your sanctification. And he's glorified when you go to glory in your glorification. Well, so what? So what? Nice pastor. Well done. Well delivered. So what? It's interesting in our Bibles that uh, the verses and the chapter headings were all put in there so it'd be easy for us to find stuff, right? That's, it was a letter, right? It's interesting that uh, chapter 11, verse 1 is included in the paragraph before where it belongs. And notice what uh, Paul says to these people. He says, be imitators of me, ready? As I am of Christ. As I am of Christ. Getting to glory, the focus of giving God glory, and getting to glory, the destination, we do that by being like Jesus Christ. A little bit more every day. Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region, we the church, going for glory. Going for glory. To be a little bit more like Jesus Christ every single day. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. We thank you for it. We thank you for the challenge of it. We thank you that it stirs our heart. We thank you that it convicts us. We thank you that it, sometimes it's like a laser and it breaks us. And God, if that work needs to be done in my heart or someone's heart today, Lord, would you do that work? And many times it encourages us and it comforts us. And Lord, our, um, our goal is to glorify you. And so whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do, God, may we do it all for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen.